Hi, I'm Yushuan Su. And I'm Connor Campbell. You're listening to Into the Unknown. Good afternoon. Yes, it's afternoon in both of our time zones, actually, which is which is apt. Um, Do you want to tell everyone where you are? I'm currently in Mexico for only a couple more days, but I've been here for almost two weeks. It's been absolutely fantastic to have some time away. Um, one thing that I think people generally don't do all that often, especially in the industry of coaching, um, but and also especially owning your own business as well. It's It's difficult to sometimes feel that you should be able to go away and have that time to relax and recover and reset and plan ahead for you know the next year and otherwise you just end up getting burnt out and um something that i've been reading into which a guy called dan howells is very much an advocate of is career periodization which is not something that i have ever really come across before um but it makes so much sense um it, it, that might make a good um episode actually i was just thinking that that could be that could be a whole episode yeah because i feel like it's very uh... apt in not just our industry but like as an athlete you know it's not just about periodizing your actual training it's also about periodizing your competition schedule your reset schedule your recovery schedule and i think it's um it'll be interesting to to hear kind of the things that we've put in place for each other as well as um Mm. you know for, for say other people but Anyway, well, we're I think do yeah, to... no, that we should do that for an episode. Um, Definitely. And I read a quote actually the other day is that, you know, when people say they deserve a vacation or they deserve a holiday, mm. the quote was like, if you're stuck in the desert and you're, you're stranded in the desert and you're trying to find a way out, you don't say to yourself, oh, I deserve water right now. Yeah. You need the water. You need water, yeah. Anyway, we're fucking rambling right now. We've not even introduced the episode. No, we haven't. um, You crack on. (laughs) So basically, seeing as I'm uh, on holiday still until I get back, um, we thought we'd just jump on for a 30-minute, 40-minute, probably isn't going to be 30 minutes, knowing us. (laughs) That's what we say about every episode, by the way. This is going to be a quick one. Some of them end up being almost an hour hour and a half. half. But... um, (laughs) Yeah, so basically, we're just going to do a quick Q&A, to be honest with you. We asked our audiences, separate audiences, just to submit some questions. And we've kind of siphoned it down to sort of four or five. Yeah. Um, So that's basically what we're going to do. Um, So hopefully this is a little bit more. Yeah, we just thought it would be a really good good, uh, way to sort of interact with, with you guys, listeners. Um, a little bit with the podcast and through the podcast and you know we've covered a lot of a big range of of topics we had guests on and some of them have been quite heavy to be honest and Mm. and a lot to a lot to digest and you know this one's just going to be a bit of a light one um well we say that but we might get quite deep again but um yeah we've gathered some questions that you guys have you guys have asked us and uh we're just going to go with the flow see absolutely Absolutely. Right. Who wants to start? Some of them are a little bit more chilled. Some of them are kind of slightly more, I guess, in-depth topics. Pick one, of your, pick one of your chill ones to start off with. Let me pick the chill one first. So I don't know. We won't disclose names. We'll just we'll keep it anonymous. But 
Favorite part of the holiday so far? That was just a very quick question. Um, well, I would say so. We visited. One, What's that? <laughs> I can't even answer that one. <laughs> I'll quickly go it. Chichen Itza. I don't know if anyone's been. Have you been to Mexico before? Honestly, up on my list. highly, highly rate going to Chichen Itza. It's a long day. Essentially, it's like an ancient Mayan um, civilization, and it was almost like the epicenter of their kind of cultural and religious, um, I guess, everything that they kind of believed. Um, it's all under sort of this Mayan god known as Kuku Khan, um, who is sort of like a snake eagle kind of thing. Um, and honestly, it's it's remarkable the amount of information that these that Mayans had year, hundreds, thousands of years ago. Um, so definitely, if you're into sort of Mayan, Aztec, Incan history, I know that I've just tied in <laughs> different generations there. But, you know, I guess. Wait, ancient, so which one? <laughs> it'll, it'll be Mayan, but all of it, bro. Th they all kind of tied in into different kind of um you know, Aztecs and Mayans, although they're slightly different, they they had some crossover uh, at some point in their journey. Um, but second thing would be just go to Tulum. It's such a cool place, as I was saying to you, like it's so Instagrammable. We went to Tulum Jungle Gym, which was sick. Anyway, enough about that. Um, no, let me it's give looking you... incredible, your holiday. Oh, uh, it's so good. Honestly, I, I'd advise everyone coming over here. Um, at the minute, there's a lot of seaweed on the... Because there was... I think someone was saying that there was like a sea barrier exploded or something in the sea, probably due to global warming. And uh, <laughs> there's loads of seaweed now basically rushing towards the shores. So um, if you like beaches, maybe wait till next year. Hopefully it will have sorted itself out, but it's a fantastic, fantastic place to visit. Anyway, enough about that. Let's go into a question that we can both answer. What, which ones have you got? Well, so I've got one that was sort of directed at me, but we can both answer it in our mm -hmm. own in our mm -hmm. own sports because um, <laughs> okay. it's basic. So the question says, <clears throat> "What are your main goals in competition this year um, with each horse, other than staying out of the water and keeping dry?" <laughs> Someone's got a sense of humor. <laughs> funny that <laughs> um, they they are referring to the two times in my entire career in my entire life that I've managed to fall in the water going cross country and the whole world holds it against me now yeah uh, that's a life lesson for you all <laughs> it's funny that people are more likely to remember time. your mistakes than they are your successes right 100% 100% <laughs> but um, you know embrace it uh, Absolutely. That's what I'm trying to do. But yeah, um, I'll just go with my sort of my main my main horses that I, I've got um, this year and, and sort of long term to compete. Um, and, you know, I know this isn't a horsey podcast, so I'll, I'll be quick through it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, without boring everyone, you know, I've got one horse that's ready to sort of step up to um, the advanced slash four star level. So really excited for that. And mm -hmm. it all goes to plan, you know will step up to that level and that'll also be our kind of first step towards qualifying for Paris, um, which is obviously a massive goal of mine um, to get to Paris, the Olympics 2024. Um, and that is at that four-star level. Um, so, you know, obviously a lot of, there's still a long way to Paris and a lot of things can go right or wrong, but um, that is the plan with 
Isa, and then with with uh, another horse, you know, it's uh, we're kind of at that same level, but more sort of consolidating at the three star slash intermediate level. Um, so get a few good runs through that um, at that level, and you know, build our partnership, and then hopefully at some point step up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got a young one as well that's that's a seven year old this year, and but sort of late starting and in his training and competing. So we're kind of slowly producing him and training him and uh, not rushing anything, but um, just having a good time. And, and, you know, I love doing the young horses and developing them through the lower levels. I always think that's really good fun. Um, So I've got one that's doing that. Um, But yeah, I mean, uh, riding a few other horses here and there, but those are the, would be, I'd say my main ones. And uh, as always, like I, I'm so thankful for all I'm not I'm not intentionally trying to plug anyone but I'm genuinely really thankful for all my sponsors and my horse owners and and everyone involved in in my team and making this possible because you know I just listed a bunch of horses um all eventing sort of at British venting and at international level and this amount of support that you need um especially financially to keep that mm. keep that running and you know keep the show on the road is is massive so i genuinely wouldn't be able to do it without the support of all my sponsors and my owners so thanks guys uh, but yeah what about you what are you are you competing this year what are your goals in terms of that i know you just had a competition not long ago you stepped on the platform but yeah what are, what are the big goals for you man well, uh, not as big as yours. Um, I know we've got some big plans over the next two years, which is very exciting. But me, um, I took two years off, not necessarily being competitive, like I was still kind of training and perhaps not to my hardest ability and whatever. But I stepped back on the platform about two weeks ago, which was long overdue. Um the aim is to try and step onto a platform a couple more times this year, pending a couple of life changes, which we won't get into just yet. Um, but I'm sure Yushuan already knows those. <laughs> Watch this space. Yeah. Is all um, say. yeah. And then ideally, if I can hit the numbers and if I'm still here, then I'd be hitting um, the qualification total for English champs. And that's kind of the goal this year. If not, then it'll be next year. Uh, numbers wise, I'd love to hit 125, 150 in training, and then to try and hit something like 120, um, 145 on competition. So that's kind of the goal coming into competition and training this year. Uh, yeah, pretty much it to be honest. Weightlifting is, a, is much simpler than having three horses and training them to the Olympics. So, yeah, I guess that's uh. You know, that's, that's solid. Dude. That's yeah. I was gonna. I was thinking. Are you sticking with weightlifting, or could we see a a switch to something else, or what's what's going on there? No, no. I won't. I mean, I obviously playing a lot of team sports when I was younger, and my knees were much healthier. They're they're, they're still strong, but I just don't think getting a taste of of training for yourself and not as a team, you don't become dependent on a team. I don't think I'll ever go back to that. Like I do miss the camaraderie of, of the team environment, but I'd much rather rely on my own ability to do well rather than rely on not just my ability, but the ability of my teammates 
um yeah. Yeah. you know it's not not so much a selfish thing but i think having both ends of the spectrum of working with a team and working by yourself i'd much rather work just like athlete coach athlete coach and then maybe train in a team environment so that you have that competitive nature um you know i think it would be cool though to have an idea of like actual team weightlifting events where you get points based on what you lift and let's say you have three or four um people and you kind of tally that up that'd be cool um i know that a few people are kind of working on that in the background but we'll wait and see that anyway. would be cool actually because that's actually that's how team equestrian sports works you mm. know because at the end of the day we're not we're not in the arena at the same time like we're yeah. still just you and you on top of your horse in the arena yeah um and then it's just yeah like you say like three or four in a team and and then you add the scores up and um but Absolutely. it kind of gives that sort of team feel to it and that team mm-hmm. atmosphere and dynamic even when it's still ultimately an individual sport right for sure for sure it would be good it would be really good um but yeah we'll wait and see i think now i've got a taste back for the competitive environment um it's definitely something that takes a lot of practice to get used to because it's not easy preparing yourself for a competition and also mentally being prepared to have to hit lifts with timings and with other people watching you and with obviously other lifters that are going to be trying to not just beat you but you know there might be lifters that are either better or worse than you and um that's always going to kind of play on your mind a little bit but for me it was more just get in see what i can do and actually i did okay um now i just know what i need to work on which is which is exciting for training moving forwards because you kind of have that taste of like okay if i can do this in 11 weeks what can i do in the next two or three months of not having a three-month hiatus before um but yeah it was well timed because then i went on holiday for two weeks so happy days all right my next one this is going to be less of a serious one um let's talk about guilty pleasures this is <laughs> and i don't know where sp- this is going <laughs> more specifically um music guilty pleasures oh, i'll tell you what let's go with three artists that are like on maybe not just artists but three kind of either songs or artists that are like guilty pleasures i'll go first go on then I think most people would know this, but Taylor Swift is 100% a guilty okay, pleasure. I, I knew you were going to say Taylor Swift. And actually, I, I was kind of thinking Taylor Swift too, but is that a guilty pleasure? I don't know. Because I, so, okay, you crack on with explaining, but <laughs> I mean, I, I found one of her albums. I think yeah. it's one of the more recent ones. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. Like, oh, it's, it's amazing. Not, but it's not even it doesn't seem like it was made as a pop album. No. So she's kind of gone back to, so she signed for a record label years ago and essentially she was forced to do Taylor Swift, bro. Well, that's what I'm saying. Essentially she was forced (laughs) to do a lot of these songs. um, Well, not necessarily forced. I mean, she obviously wanted to make the money, right. But she was never able to kind of like, if you listen to her old stuff, um, like in one of her, one of her, oldest albums when she was still technically classed as a country singer um like it was called red uh and this was this was these were songs that were kind of sung sort of before she 
I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say she went through a, a breakdown, but she went through probably a lot of breakups and stuff. And uh, I think the record label kind of latched onto that. And so a lot of the songs that she was singing were quite venomous. And Evermore, obviously, the, by the way, the album. That yeah. I was thinking of. So there's Evermore. And she's also just released, well, not just, but she also released um, basically versions of her own album which is called Fearless, and all of the songs you've probably heard before, but they're her version. So oh, her lyrics. Oh, the stuff that says Taylor's version. Yeah, so they're her lyrics. Yeah, they're the way yeah. she wanted to sing them, the way yeah. like the way that she wrote them in, originally, rather than um, going through the record label that, I guess, probably wanted to change them and make them more poppy or um, maybe make them slightly more related to like getting back at people and revenge and all this sort of stuff so yeah i mean i've i've liked taylor probably since like 2010 um she what no not there not day one (laughs) when she was still a country artist definitely but yeah i know what you mean it's not really so much a guilty pleasure anymore but i still feel like i i still feel like there's this element of males that like listening to I wouldn't necessarily say female music, but I don't know how to kind of describe it, but it's like... it's. No, the... no, I do know what you mean. Because when yeah. I'm thinking now about what my quote-unquote guilty pleasures are in terms of music, like I think I'm thinking of mostly female artists. Mm. But... Which is not really a guilty pleasure, to be honest with you. Who are your other ones? Uh, Justin Bieber. Ones? Fucking love Justin. Honestly... Genuinely, genuinely, yeah. I don't know why. It's just uh, his I, old music when he was younger, like a teenager. To say to that. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, though, his new music I'm not really a fan of, but his old music Justin I don't know Bieber. why, but it's just so catchy. I'm gonna get so much hate for it. Oh man! What? Okay, go, t- 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 elaborate. I what? don't really know how to elaborate. <laughs> What's your favorite song? Baby. And I was like, baby, Are you baby, being serious baby, right now? oh. Yeah, so catchy. Even Emma agrees. If this was a phone call and not a recording, I would hang up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've got to throw some spanner in the works. I can't just God, go that's with... That's really throwing me off, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Okay, third one. Well, everyone knows that I love country music, so that's not really a guilty pleasure. However, what I have made on my Spotify is a a playlist called White Girls Get Turned. All right. Now, for everyone that knows this playlist, it's an hour and a half um, of basically songs that, well, white girls, (laughs) white girls love, basically. Uh, Let me read out a couple of the songs. I'll pull it up. So we've got Milkshake by Khalees. We've got Vanilla Ice with Ice Ice Baby. We've got Skater Boy with Avril Lavigne. Unwritten, What a Banger by Natasha Benningfield. A Thousand Years by Christina Perry. Hollaback Girl by Gwen Stacy. You cannot tell me that that is not a sick playlist. <laughs> it's a sick playlist if you're a white girl. looking to and, and, and a white boy, to be quite honest with you. If, if you're <laughs> anyone, it doesn't matter. Listen. Um, Listen, music. Yeah, so those would probably be uh, probably be my guilty pleasures. In fact, I even have Justin Bieber "Baby" on this playlist. I'm not even joking. (laughs) (laughs) I'll send the playlist to you. Actually, I'll tell you what. I'll put it in the link of the of the podcast. 
<laughs> anyway, sweet. Enough about um, my guilty pleasures. Well, this is such a hard question. Like I'm scrolling through just my Spotify and my liked songs, mm. and none of them I really feel that guilty about. Um, other than I guess because I kind of have a thing for listening to mostly like not the charts things are a little bit more independent or a bit more alternative not that I consciously choose to do that it's just that's what I gravitate towards yeah other than Dua Lipa <laughs> I quite like Dua Lipa to be fair it's got it's got some good tunes you know yeah um, but then actually, uh, one of my biggest guilty pleasures is just really trash rap. Okay. <laughs> like, um, what's it? Fetty Wap. Love okay, all of yeah. his tracks, you know, Trap Queen, 679, like, yeah. just terrible, mindless music. Um, so anything that kind of falls in that category, I would probably like. Um, and and another one is um you know i think more so when we were teenagers but there was a phase of everyone really listening to a lot of pop punk i think is mm. sort of the name of the genre but it's kind of like punk rock but a lot more whiny do you know what i mean so pop punk are you talking people like uh like, like Fallout Boy, Avril Lavigne, Fallout Avril Boy, Levine. My Chemical Romance, like that sort of thing. Which you listen to now, or I listen to now, I just kind of cringe. Oh, dude, but, but things like Good Charlotte tracks, and Paramore, some they're tracks, still amazing. You know, it still brings me back. Um, what's that? There's this one Fallout Boy song that gets me all the time. The uh, same as Sugar, we're, sugar we're Going Down. Oh, see, that's a good song. <laughs> but that makes me cringe. Makes me cringe, and at the same time, it's just so nostalgic. Yeah, and yeah, no, that would be, I'd say, my my three guilty pleasures. I don't know if they're uh, juicy enough, but no, I think those are good. I think those are good. They definitely didn't downplay mine, <laughs> but hey, listen, I'm I'm all about honesty here. Um, okay. anyway, okay, I've got okay, so let's change the tone <laughs> up a little bit. I've got a bit of a more serious one. Go on. Um. And I, that's actually quite an interesting one. Um, why did you decide to start the podcast? That's a good question. Um, and why don't you start? I feel like this a podcasting story begins with you, to be honest. You think so? All right. So let's rewind the clock. This is before I even had a podcast. Um, when I first started coaching you, Sean, we, we got off pretty well, actually. Like we always had, had kind of conversations. Are those, the, are those jalapeno cheese crisps? Oh, I was, I'm disappointed in you. Um, this. yeah, but Crisp they're not as good as jalapeno and cheese, by the way, hot take jalapeno and cheese, Max Walker's crisps are the probably the the most elite crisps on the market apart from thai sweet chili sensations one thousand percent anyway back to the topic so <laughs> we would have conversations exactly like this <laughs> in training 
um, quite like this, not quite like yeah. this. <laughs> we're, we're, we are business sometimes. Um, but we it was really when I kind of moved over to the Strand Gym because I used to work at the university that Yushan was a student at. And uh, sometimes he would like bring me in coffee um, and we'd kind of just like have a chat before the session. Or if I was free after the session, which most of the times I was because I'd block out my diary so that I could have that hour free. We would kind of just go get a coffee, get some food and really just kind of chat, not talking about just stupid nonsense, but actually like, you know, things that we kind of talk about here. Um, and I don't know whether we actually ever mentioned, like, wouldn't it be cool if we did a podcast? But, you know, we, we've obviously continued to have these conversations over the last couple of years. And um, it's always interesting because when... I find like you have kind of different categories of friends where people you can sort of just talk normal things, I guess, not everyday life, I guess everyday life things. Um, And then there's, you know, the other people where you can sort of like, you don't talk to them all the time, but you talk to them regularly enough. And those conversations that you have are very um, thought provoking. Um, And so we, we would always kind of have those conversations and I started a podcast back in lockdown. Um, and when it got after lockdown, there were too many things going on. And I just was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I started another one with a, with a very good friend of mine, a guy called Joe, Joe Nutman, um, who is actually not in the industry anymore, but, uh, he's doing some great things. And, um, we decided to kind of put that on hold. And one day we, you and I picked up this conversation and we were like, wouldn't it be cool if we actually, you know, the things that we spoke about on the phone or in person, we just kind of put onto a podcast. And I guess that's where we are now, to be quite honest with you. Um, what, yeah, what's your, yeah. what's your, did I cover everything? Pretty much like that sums it up quite nicely, but you know, I have always, I've always loved listening to podcasts. Um, you know, I, and I listen to a lot of different podcasts and of all different, well, not all, but like a lot of different genres, you know. I listen to a few sports ones, some like health and fitness ones, but then I listen to, well, I listen to quite a few comedy ones, actually. Um, but also um, a lot of sort of more social, social political yeah. uh, conversations and, you know, intellectual um, debates and stuff like that. And, and just the putting things into podcast form is always just kind of since I've been exposed to it and since I've started listening to these uh podcasts and sort of exploring that world and engaging with it a little bit I've just really been one of the things is how accessible it is for me you know how easy it is to get people listening and get people involved in conversations and the flip side of it how easy it is to put out there yeah absolutely um, and so yeah like you say i mean i you know we would be having these conversations and, uh, about all sorts of things and and you know i think we've said quite early on in our podcast that you know our sort of starting common interest with each other is is to do with sports and to do with health and fitness but then that springboards into loads of different stuff and actually yeah. we found that we were both very much engaged and interested with the more sort of 
social and political issues um, as well as psychological stuff, um, uh, just all these different topics and issues surrounding the world of sports and surrounding the world of health and fitness. And we're having these conversations, but one, wouldn't it be amazing to, to share it with people? And I guess that's, I'm just yeah. that kind of self-absorbed person where I think that everything I say is so important that the whole world should, should hear, hear it. And sometimes that's probably true. Most of the time it's not. Um, but the other thing is that it has given us the opportunity to talk to some amazing people. Absolutely. Um, you know, the guests, just the guests that we've had on so far, like have been, well, very, very high caliber, but also yeah. we've just had some incredible conversations. I've learned so much. Um, and I've learned as well to come into this, uh, this podcast and come into recording and, and this whole thing that we're doing coming into it with a very um open-minded perspective um you know listen to what you have to say what our guests have to say and learn from that and build build my own my own thoughts and my own opinions about things and and just use this as a platform to sort of springboard these ideas and, and share these thoughts and bounce things off each other and it's been it's been amazing so far so yeah, yeah. i definitely agree actually the uh one of the key factors in us continuing this podcast is not just the two of us having these conversations, but I feel like I feel obliged to want to know more about some of the topics that we talk about and some of the topics that we will be talking about over the next coming podcasts and yeah, weeks and 100%. months. Um, and it, it's we just have some... become something sort of in the back of my head all the time as well. Like, you know, yeah. we send each other articles and stuff and like, oh, this would be something cool to talk about for the podcast yeah. and then we have ideas for guests to bring on and things like that and um it's just a really fun thing to do to be honest yeah absolutely that's a great question as well whoever submitted that um because i don't think i don't think we've ever actually told anyone why we started it we just kind of did it and obviously the podcast tells you what it's about but it doesn't really tell you why we decided to do it so that's an awesome question all right taking the tone down a little bit <laughs> Um, Here we go. <laughs> before, uh, I'll, I'll save my last two serious ones after this, but one of my good friends and one of my current athletes that I train, I won't name names, but he's asked, why does my overhead squat look like a folded lawn chair? <laughs> and to that, I would say, well, to be quite honest with you, <laughs> I don't know if any of you know about the FMS, Functional Movement Score, um, I, th I can't remember who it was designed by. I'm, I'm assuming it was like Alex Gray or whatever. Um, excuse me, I'm just taking a swig of water. Um, I would say kind of hand in hand that if you're using an overhead squat to assess movement or a movement that you aren't prepared for, i.e. you wouldn't expect me to have the mobility of a horse rider because I'm not a horse rider, you wouldn't expect a horse rider to have the mobility of a weightlifter because they aren't a weightlifter. So yeah. what I'm getting at is that you, in sport, you have specific adaptations to impose demands. If you want to get better at something, you have to make it specific to what you are trying to elicit. If you want to get good at snatch and clean and jerk, but you don't snatch and clean and jerk, you'll never get good at snatch and clean and jerk. It's, it's that simple. People ask you like, 
how do I get how do I get better at squatting? And then you say to them, how often are you squatting? They say once a week. You say, well, why don't you try two? And then lo and behold, wow, their squats go up. And I'm not saying that that's the, yeah. always the the dominant factor, but to kind of come back to the to the um, question asked, why does my overhead squat look like a folded lawn chair? To be quite honest with you, it's probably because you haven't practiced it. Like, yes, you might not be mobile in those areas, but I would argue that I'm a lot less mobile than some people who can't do an overhead squat just because I've practiced being in that position more than other people have. Mm. Um, so what you're saying is if you want to be good at squats, you have to do them multiple times every day. <laughs> not every day. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I'm giving you an opportunity here to tell people to do the right thing as well. Yeah. If you want to be good at squats, you do. Uh, so I would say I kind of address this in two parts. Number one, if you want to be good at or better, if you're not doing squatting already and you want to be good at squats, then obviously an easy fix would be do squats, right? On nice. the other hand, if you are already squatting, but you, for, for whatever reason, can't improve your squat, let's say you're a beginner and your squat is just atrociously shit, you need to figure out whether that's a movement pattern thing, whether your body just at the moment cannot load the joints correctly. Um, maybe it's anatomical, maybe it's biomechanical, whatever. Or perhaps you just lack the mobility in your hips, your ankles, your lower back. Um, and I think people are always like super keen to, especially with athletes, like they they want to, be able to back squat but the most important thing is not necessarily the exercise more the movement and the joints and the muscles that are used as well as what you're actually trying to improve um so to kind of come back to that if you are trying to improve your squatting obviously a good place to start is squatting start off slow like if you feel your heels raising then outside of your squat session you can look at getting into some ankle mobility stuff so it can improve your squats but ultimately as i mentioned a couple of minutes ago if you aren't actually practicing the skill of squatting it doesn't matter how much ankle mobility you do you have to be able to come back to the big picture it's like building a puzzle um and actually learn how to integrate that mobility into that movement. Uh, that's, I know that might be a very long winded way to go about it, but you know, start with a goblet squat. If your heels raise off, then in this session, stick some wedges or some plates under your heels so you can get a bit more mobility. Um, if that's not the issue and the issue is balanced, hold on to something like do uh, put your hands on a bar and, and use the bar to kind of stabilize yourself you know, or put an implement out in front of you or use a TRX or, you know, if you really struggle to have the strength to sit down and stand up again, then maybe a leg press would be more suitable for right now. But it's knowing how to kind of progress that, which I think is one of the reasons why coaches have, or good coaches, I'd say, um, you know, there's a there's a big rise in, in online and, um, and in-person training now people are far more accepting of hiring a coach, hiring a personal trainer, because they want to know how to do it correctly from the start, which is the important thing. Even if you can't, 
they know the steps to, or they should know the steps to get you from point A to point B. They might not be straightforward, but they'll be able to get you there eventually. Um, yeah, that was a very, yes. I wasn't expecting there to we kind go. of go. There we go. <laughs> I mean, that was a brief um, summary of Connor's job description. And if you would like to learn more, you should uh, <laughs> look at Stoic Shred Systems. Uh, do you want a serious one or a not so serious one? Let's go for a, a not so serious one. Because I feel like that one was not was supposed to not be serious. <laughs> You're but just it kind of went guy. like I'm a serious guy, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually not though, that's the thing. Um, but I feel like with training, if yeah. we're talking about training, I'm so it's something you're it's passionate business. about. It's business, yeah. yeah. Um, even when you're on holiday. Um, but okay, a not so serious one. We're going back to guilty pleasures. Um, okay. and this one is what is your favorite cheat meal? And um, first of all, I mean, again, it's not so serious a question, but, you know, we've had episodes about about nutrition and about food and about our relationships to food. I, I personally don't really believe in a cheat meal per se. Um, I think that everything, well, everything you eat is sort of, it goes into you and comes out of you, right? And it constitutes um your nutrition and your diet um so having something that is might be uh high in carbs and fats and less dense in micronutrients Mm. um once in a while is still a part of your nutrition um and it doesn't have to be you cheating on your otherwise perfect diet you know um but on the topic of cheat meals (laughs) Um, <laughs> some people I don't know some people who know us know that um, Connor and I like to we, we we try our very best to go to Honest Burgers once a month yeah and the reason for that is because Honest Burgers is fucking incredible and they do a special every month um, and so it's, it's kind of become a thing for us hasn't it yeah it has yeah it's our thing to uh, go at least once a month and try the new special. And I've yet to be disappointed, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. With their special. Every month, to- month in, month out, there's not been a bad one. But I can tell you which one I think was the best one. Um, was that, do you remember that Massa Massa chicken? Massa- oh, fuck me. From la- last September. Still, I'm still thinking about it. Was it still September? Thinking. Yeah, yeah, it was. No, it was while I was at King's. It was- Dude, it was like 2020. 2019. Yeah. September 2019. Maybe it was 2019. But it's been a long time since we've had that. I mean, I don't think they brought out any specials over COVID because all they were doing That's was true. kind of... Mid- yeah. Well, I say all they were doing. They actually did a good job to go online and kind of deliver like burger kits and stuff. Um, also, this also is not sponsored by Honest. To... I, mean, I wish it was. Not yet. <laughs> I wish not it was. yet. But they were yeah. doing an amazing job. I saw something about them delivering to like NHS workers and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, they did. Um, so did Crossroads as well, which was also another great place. That's the pizza place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's better than Frank and Manka. I agree. I don't think I've ever been let down by an honest burger ever. And oh, God, I hope Honestly. I, 
On, ever. <laughs> Honestly, ever. Touch wood. Ever. But the monthly specials are very close to our heart. I would say, so is that, is that your, would that be your cheat meal? A hundred percent. All it? day long. Yeah. All day long. So I, I would, I would go with maybe, to, mine would be, I wouldn't, I would don't think I'd be able to pick like just one, but I'll narrow it down to two. Mine would be definitely <laughs> a burger, like burger, chips, milkshake, hundred percent. Just the, an elite cheat meal or just an absolutely massive pizza. Oh yeah, pizza. just I don't know. You just can't beat like people that say they don't like pizza. I question their life choices, and I'm not who, saying that I. Who eat says pe- that? I don't know. I've I have met people in the past that say, "Oh no, I don't, I don't, I don't like pizza." It's fine that you don't eat it often, but saying that you don't like pizza, it's literally dough, cheese, and tomato sauce and top. What is not to like? Yeah, I I understand when people say that I don't like Hawaiian, which is pineapple on pizza. Which again, no, I'm not going to get well. into. I mean, I agree. But, do you? But the pineapple has to be cooked. It can't be raw. This is the thing that. Well, so the I pizza comment... goes in the fucking oven, bro. Like, yeah, but you're this not going to put raw pineapple. I'm not sure if you've ever meant. I'm not sure if you've ever noticed, but actually, if you order a Domino's um, Hawaiian, or if so, this is a, a combination that I always go with. Right, is barbecue base, okay, pepperoni, jalapeno, pineapple, from Domino's, elite. <laughs> you've got Domino's box. Is that Hawaiian? <laughs> but the thing Hawaiian, with Domino's actually. is that they generally don't cook the pineapple. So this is a conversation that I had with one of my Italian friends who, I don't know if he listens to this, but he, when I told him that I had pineapple on pizza, he was disgusted. And it's not every time that I have pineapple on pizza. You know, it's every so often. <laughs> but one thing that I mentioned to him is, you don't understand I know you're Italian, but you don't understand, right? Because the reason why people usually don't like pineapple and pizza is, well, one, maybe they don't like pineapple. It's fair enough. But two, it's not cooked. If it's not cooked, it's, it's just not, it's not the one. It's got to be slightly charred. That's what makes pineapple and pizza. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so it would be Honest Burger. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, like, I... I was just going to go on a tangent about food, but, you know, I love food. Yeah. And I've realized this from a very young age, to be honest, like from when I was 12, 13, like I would, one, I eat a lot of food. Um, like the amount of food that I consume can probably feed a village. Um, and two, I, I, I love all, I don't, I love all types of food. Like yeah. there isn't, I've, I'm yet to find something that I actually don't like. Mm. Um, and I think all food can be either good or bad, depending on how well it's made, you know, For like, sure. I appreciate like all different types of food. And one of my favorite things to do is to go out for food and like try something new, yeah. like find a new type of food that I enjoy. Um, and where was I going with this? Um, I I just fucking love food, and but th- that's kind of where where I did the whole thing about like just the strings cheat meals. You just have to understand what you're eating, and yeah, for sure. Um, as a whole, you're eating healthily, and you're looking after yourself. Then it's all good, man. Yeah, you're um, taking like the kind of eighty twenty Pareto principle of like eighty percent of your food should come from 
you know, good, well-balanced nutrition, stuff that isn't processed. And then 20% can be just things that you enjoy, you know, whether you can fit in a cheat meal. People say like burgers aren't healthy, quote unquote. Okay, I agree. They're maybe not as healthy as eating lettuce, but also there's no protein in lettuce. So if all you eat is lettuce, you're still not having a healthy diet. So the the question, exactly. The question then is, well, what is a healthy diet? Well, you said it at the start is making sure that you're balancing your macronutrients, but you also enjoy what you eat, you know, yeah, within reason. Yeah, sure. I'm not um, saying just that just quickly though, on a more <coughs> social note. Um, and the fact that we were talking about pineapple and pizza, this is what, this is what um, triggered me to think about this, but you know, how Italians get really offended about pineapple and pizza. Yeah. And yep. a lot of people as a whole in society get extremely offended because it's not real pizza. Mm. And the appropriation of Italian pizza is such an offensive thing. You don't really get that with any other nationality of cuisine. Like, mm. um, you know, boba tea, bao buns, all of these things like Asian or Chinese food and cuisine they get appropriated all the fucking time and we have to just embrace it and we have to be like, oh, at least they're trying our food, you know? <laughs> like a gateway to our food. Fucking Westerners. <laughs> but no, Italians sit on their high horse and say, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. Where do you think they got ravioli from? Just say, where do you think they got pasta from? I don't yeah. know, but uh, rant over <laughs> before I get too, uh, yeah. too passionate about this. I'm sure people, some people have... A, a different opinion i i share your opinion um but anyway let's get into my one of my more serious questions which can be i guess directed at both of us but one of my friends has asked what is your goal setting process and how often do you review that nice so obviously from a personal perspective what goals do you set yourself like how do you set them um and how often do you review those so in terms of my goal setting process i used to set myself lots of number based targets you know save x amount read x amount lift x amount stretch x amount blah 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 it was back in 2021 january where i kind of set myself the target well i set myself three targets really Number one was read more. Number two was save more. Number three was train with more intent. And used, when I usually used to set goals, I would set myself like 10 goals a year. They would be like career-based, financial-based, like lifestyle-based, like go on holiday, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying that these things don't work, but for me, they didn't work. Whereas setting myself these kind of three goals made me much more focused and in 2021 i read 43 books and in 2020 i read five so that's quite a big jump from going from five to to 43 or 42 uh in terms of saving like i'll be completely open i was saving i don't know how much like 200 quid a month in 2021 it was up to 500 like roughly obviously it's not every Big month moment. like if it, it fluctuates right not but i, I want to be transparent with people because it's important that like you know i'm 
open about these things. Mm. Number three, in terms of train with more intent, I'd come off the back of like a shit knee injury, had tendonitis for like two, three years, which to be honest with you, and M will agree with me, I should have had it seen to much, much sooner, but I just kept putting it off because I was like, nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I just won't train that hard. Um, and actually, from setting those three goals, 2021 and into this year has probably been my most successful year to date. I don't want to seem like that's coming across as like bragging. But for me, like going from having those quantitative goals to more qualitative goals and less of like a time intensive thing. It was more just like this year, I want to achieve these then once I've done that, I can figure out a plan, a step-by-step plan of, right, how am I going to do this? Um, I guess forming habits is important, right? Saying to yourself, like, and it doesn't have to be massive. They can be so insignificant. Like if you want to save more, putting away five pound a day could add up to 500 pound a month, which is five pound a day versus 500 pound at the end of the month seems like so much more than just the fiver a day. If you can't do that, one pound a day or two pound a day or whatever, it doesn't really matter how much you're doing. The fact is that you're, it's that habit that you're trying to create. Uh, and in terms of reviewing, if I do a good job of things, then I'll review it at the end of the year. But other people, they like to have short-term, medium-term, long-term. And I'm not going to get into that because otherwise we'll be talking here for ages. But essentially, those are more time intensive. Um, they're slightly more quantitative because they require time. And also, I want to save X amount by X date. Um, so that's just two ways that I guess you could, if for some yeah, people okay. the quantitative doesn't work, then for me, the qualitative of these three key ingredients are important to me this year. How am I going to achieve those step by step? Now let's figure out what habit do i need to change to do that mm. would yeah would no be. that's that's super interesting i and i relate to a lot of that you know um i was also at a place and I, i'm also a person who has i guess a lot of um sort of drive to achieve certain things yeah or i really want to achieve certain things where uh whether that's um in my sport in equestrian you know in eventing i I have i set myself goals to do this competition or this competition compete at this level get this result um and those are all like you said they're quantitative goals um and you know that's that's okay and i still set those goals absolutely um and the same thing with you know back when i was at uni um getting certain grades you know doing like certain certain achievements getting my paper published stuff like that and um you know i i find that i'm i'm quite an obsessive person to be honest um and so when it comes to goal setting i set goals and i obsess over them Mm. um which again isn't necessarily a bad thing and it's it's played a role in getting me to where I am today but um you know I was at at a time in my life I would come out of the shower um this is PG by the way it's fine (laughs) I come out of the shower and I I uh you know the 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 mirrors misted up and I I sort of write down what my goals are 
Mm. Um, and it's the same every day, right? So on the mirror, it's just like there every day. Um, and I remember at one point I was writing down, get to the Asian games, mm-hmm. uh, graduate with the first with my, in my undergrad and deadlift 200 kilos. <laughs> um, nice. Those are my three goals. Like, um, and some of the things that I found was, one of the things is I, I hit all those goals mm-hmm. and it wasn't that significant to me that I hit those goals. Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously it feels good to achieve what you've set out to do, but I did those things and then realized, oh, actually like those things themselves didn't really, aren't really of that much value to me. What is of value are things like basically the process that got me there, you know, everything that I've learned, how much I've come on, as as a rider and as a horse person as an athlete you know like the things that i've developed and also what i've realized i still need to learn and how much mm-hmm. further i realize i can go um and you know everything that i've learned in the process of doing my degrees and and um being in that world of academia and interacting with people from different disciplines and different fields um you know, things like that. And I guess this is quite a long-winded way of just saying that it is the process that matters and not not the destination. And that doesn't mean that you don't, or doesn't mean for me that I don't have, you know, destination goals. I still want to achieve certain things. You know, I still want to get certain results, do well at competitions, qualify for Paris, things like that. Um, but I think it's important to remember that you set those goals and then, so for me, what I do now is I set those goals and I set goals like, you know, quantitatively, these are the scores I want to be getting at the mm-hmm. next competition, for example. I set those goals, write them down, you know, talk about them, and then I put them away. I don't really think about them after I've made a plan as to what I'm going to do, what the process is going to do, uh, what the process is going to be. At that point, I focus solely on the process you know and trust that the process will get me to the goal um you know so when i'm at the competition when i'm on my horse when i'm in the ring i'm not thinking about like oh i want to have no more than eight faults in the show jumping because one you know that doesn't make me feel good (laughs) you know i'm not enjoying it i'm not you know, I'm not getting the most out of it personally, but also too, from a practical perspective, that doesn't help or contribute in any way to me getting that result that I want. Yeah. In fact, it's counterproductive. Um, you know, what's going to help me get a good show jumping around more? The fact that I've got in my head that I can't have more than eight faults because that's a rule that I've made for myself and I'm worrying about that or it would it help more if I'm actually just focused on what's in front of me, focused on the round, what I'm doing in the ring, how I'm riding, etc. you know? And so both of those things come together and, and I kind of find that once I have those goals and I make a plan, then I just focus on the process. And then in terms of reviewing, I, again, I, I don't think it's that important to, you know, think about oh okay i'm this far away from this goal um you know should i change it just focus on the day-to-day 
yeah like focus on your process goals your everyday goals like your like you say your your habits your mentality your attitude um and you'll get to where you get to like you'll be mm. the best version of of yourself and what you want to do but what i do think is important is reviewing and reflecting on on um previous performance and learning from mm. that you know and i like to get really specific with that you know through uh i mean sports is probably the best way to describe it but like you know through video analysis as well as sort of getting the stats on your performance and then figuring out ways of improving um both quantitatively and qualitatively and um i think you can sort of apply that to to most things in life like you know you focus on on what's in front of you and the processes and then you look back and you try to take away and learn as much as you can yeah exactly <laughs> don't have anything else to add to that but no, i think i think i agree um one actually one one thing that i did want to mention is obviously we both mentioned about kind of this idea of kind of process orientated rather than goal orientated obviously setting goals for yourself are important because it it makes you strive to want to improve um and i'm not saying that setting quantitative or qualitative goals which one is better because it depends on the, on the individual but what it will teach you is figuring out what process you have to go to or through to achieve that and also picking up habits are super important to being able to just consistently continue that after after you've achieved that goal perfect example would be asking yourself like i want to lose five kilos right don't give yourself a time frame you just say i want to lose five kilos two things i would ask myself would be what comes after that i.e after you've lost five kilos what are you going to do like how is it going to make you feel what's the plan after that and the second thing would be why have you decided to choose that as a goal is much the same as the, as the conversation we had in the last podcast of why do we train it has to come back to why have you decided that you want to make this change in your life or why have you decided that now is the time <clears throat> that you want to start saving because you know you could say to yourself i want to save more that's great and on the surface that's i'm obviously not going to go into why i'm saving because it's i guess personal but what's important to me is that's the goal but it's not necessarily the aim if that makes sense the aim is much grander yeah. much bigger than me just wanting to save more this year yeah i have a, an aim in the next like few years that is much bigger than just saving more you know what am i going to use that for why am mm. why am i trying to save that um is important to ask yourself not just about saving but losing weight getting stronger getting into the gym waking up earlier journaling reading more doesn't matter mm. what it is it's important to find out, you know, why you want to do that. What comes after? How's that going to make you feel? Because a lot of these things are, are attached to emotion. If you're not emotionally invested in this goal, you won't achieve it. Yeah. Yeah. You might. Yeah. But it's going no, to be a definitely, more definitely. difficult. And I, I completely agree with that. And I think you have to have a reason for, like you say, have the reason for why you want to do it. And you have to believe in that reason. Yeah. Um, and that, reason and that belief motivates you to strive for that goal but more importantly for me 
is that when I don't have that motivation, when I wake up feeling a bit shit and I wake up thinking that I want to just throw all the way to have a lion for an hour. Yeah. Going back to that reason that I've set yeah. myself in the first place that I believe in, you know, that's really important. Um, Absolutely. You know, we said this is going to be a 30 minute. Episode. Yeah. 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 I've, I've just realized <laughs> that it's been like almost an hour. I know. Uh, have you got any more? Do, I do have one more. All right, so do I, but I think it'll be a quick one. Okay. Uh, okay, so... Uh, all right, you go first, you go first, go on. Okay. Um, well, I wasn't I wasn't 100% sure whether or not to put this one in because uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit of a tough one. But um, who is your favourite guest on the podcast so <laughs> far? I know, I... Can you that's go a, first? That's <laughs> a tough one to answer. Because I feel like everyone that we've had has offered a different experience, different knowledge, and just a 100%. different story. To so it's really difficult to kind of compare everybody. It is. Um, it is. God, I really don't I guess offend which one? <laughs> which one did you enjoy the most? See, I, I would say that I enjoyed all of them. But what I would answer with is, which one did I take the most away from? I think mm. would be important mm. because I think all of them were f- were like obviously everyone enjoys things because it's it's valuable to them and it's mm. specific to that person. I think like for me and I know this is going to sound super biased but like the conversation that we had with Mary was not just amazing. Oh man. But like for me, I don't know, it just kind of opened up so many more questions that we obviously answer, we, we kind of got Mary to answer on the podcast and I just have so much like respect and value for that girl, that woman, sorry, not girl. That woman. Um, and I don't know, like just the conversation that we had, I don't know whether it was because to be quite honest with you, with the guests that we had on Khadija, Katie, Tim, uh, Louisa, I was very nervous for all four of those. And I feel like I didn't give, yeah, I just feel like I didn't really give like my best performance. I know it's not really a performance, but I feel like with Mary, I was far more comfortable. And uh, listening back to it, because I like to listen and reflect, I feel like it reflected in the conversation that we had. Um, mm. And so, you know, I hopefully will revisit these these um, these guests in in I don't know ever when, but I don't know. I think. For me, I would say it would be it would be Mary. I apologize to everyone that we've had on the podcast, um, but not I mean, saying think, that it wasn't valuable. I think I took no. I think away. it's a given. It's absolutely a given that everyone that we've had on have been amazing. Yeah, and every conversation that we've had have been there's been a lot of value in them. For me, it's been super like eye opening. Mm. Like I've just learned so much and been so inspired. Um, and yeah, I mean, the one, some of, the, uh, <laughs> I kind of regret asking this question now. I should have just left it. Should have just not acknowledged that someone asked me that because <laughs> life would be a lot easier. Um, I'd start with saying, I wish I was there for the episode with Louisa, mm-hmm. you know, diet culture and disordered eating are things that I, I've always been super interested about and uh really interested to learn about but mm-hmm. you did you did a you did a pretty good job mate. <laughs> i was nervous eh? um 
I think the episode that we did with Khadija really stood out for me. Yeah. Um, one, because actually it was only our third episode. And yeah. I know you'd been podcasting before, but I'm complete, I was completely new to this. So it was my third episode ever of hosting a podcast. And, um, you know, needless to say, and she was our first guest yeah. in the podcast. And um, needless to say, like, she is quite a, like, she's done a lot. Oh, she's <laughs> a very powerful woman. Like, <laughs> unbelievable. Like, I have so much um, respect for her. But at the same time, you know, she was super down to earth and we had a, a really good conversation. And I learned a lot. And it was very relevant to my, the, the world of my sport as well and my community. But um, just learning from her experience and what, and, you know, she has quite a clear vision of what we can do and what we should be doing moving forward, um, yeah. you know, with, uh, with all the stuff, and, you know, not just through words, but through her actions with her Riding a Dream Academy and, um, her supporting Ebony Horse Club and things like that, you know, concrete things that she's doing and contributing to and engaging with to to promote a sort of diversity and equality and these values that we all we all share. Um, and I just think it was a really insightful conversation that we had with her. And I definitely learned a lot. And actually, my views on some things changed as well. Um, yeah. And you know, same with when Tim came on and obviously he, as the founder and CEO of Equity Sport, he does a lot, you know, he dedicates his life's work to Absolutely. promoting these shared values in sport and for him to sort of sit down and share those values with us and share his sort of perspective on it and where he wants to take it like i thought that was super insightful you know i learned a lot from that and and i was actually quite inspired in the sense that i was like wow that there's actually a lot that we can do mm -hmm. a, a lot that it was almost empowering you know like and also a lot of things that i had never considered you could try and do mm. you know i don't know if that makes sense but um i would say obviously not being involved in the world of, or at least not directly, not being involved in the world of equality and diversity and equal opportunities. And what I mean by that is I'm obviously not, I'm not actually working for that specific industry, but indirectly, those are things that I can have an impact on daily, whether it be for the people that I coach or the people that I I talked to um, and so on and so forth. And it was just really insightful that there's so many things that you can do and there's different ways that you can go about it. And um, obviously we, we spoke about Russian athletes being banned and, and so on and so forth. And I think he gave a really interesting insight into like his way of thinking. Mm. And I think that was really good because on the surface, obviously it was like, yeah, just ban them, right? That's, that's an easy thing to do. Yeah. But it was just really interesting to hear from, you know, like how you write a sort of a, like a dissertation or an argument is that there's always two sides to the argument. Um, mm. And so it was really interesting to kind of hear uh, sort of his perspective of the way that he tackles things and so on and so forth. But so are you going with Khadija as your best one? 
You've, you've got to narrow it down. I have Don't to. I have to commit to one. Come on, what you I, you asked me? What was my favourite? So. I thought I was just going to do a cheeky. Oh, there's two in there. No, um, no, 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 no. That's not how this works, buddy. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is like you trying to decide between massa massa fried chicken and Thai fried chicken. See again, impossible. Well, it's not because you chose massa massa without even thinking. I think, <laughs> I think, and, and the thing is with both of them as well, they've been two people that I've been sort of desperately trying to connect with. Yeah. Um, in the sense that we've been engaging with each other's stuff uh, through social media and whatever for a long, long time. Yeah. And we've just never had the opportunity to sort of sit down and talk properly. And this podcast is what gave us the platform to do that um, mm -hmm. with both Khadija and Tim um, along with everyone else obviously um, fuck it yeah yeah Khadija all right good all right let's move on oh, last no. one last one okay 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 last one you've you've done it now Tim's oh, gonna be well pissed no I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking um, but no we will be hopefully looking to get these guests back on um, we don't know when but we're definitely not finished with those topics of conversation and um, we think it's it's important to kind of revisit especially the more confident we get and the more information we ourselves have um it would be nice to kind of revisit those topics and just to kind of have updates to see what they're working on and how they're getting on and and hopefully you guys will enjoy that as well but to finish off with um this was technically directed um as myself likes high point and biggest challenge of your career as an snc coach however what i think we'll quickly do is high point and biggest challenge of your career period and that's you nice. and i i would say biggest challenge for me was certainly leaving a full-time job to start my own business um and the high point would i mean i think everyone probably knows that Going to the Olympics is probably a pretty big high point as an SNC coach. Olympics? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, but we're not done yet. I still need to make it to a summer Olympics. So here we go. <laughs> not as an athlete. Just gonna put that. Out. <laughs> That's never gonna happen. But um, yeah, what about you? I thought that was pretty concise. You know. I me. thought you were gonna elaborate more. To be honest. No, no, so no, no. I'm I don't want to elaborate. I'm just gonna yet. go straight in. Um, <laughs> Uh, I guess my biggest challenge would be, I suppose, um, it's, it's a bit similar to you, to be honest, like taking that step to doing this full time. Yeah. Um, moving away from, from balancing it with uni, moving away from, you know, thinking that this could be sort of my hobby or, or something that I do on the side um, and, you know, fully diving into this crazy horse world of, of um, eventing and competing every weekend and all of that, you know, and embracing that. And it's, it's been, that's been quite a challenge for me. Um, you know, it's an amazing world and community, but at the same time, very different to a lot of things that, I'm used to um, living out in the countryside full-time being one of them. Uh, 
just not a fan. <laughs> not gonna lie. I can see the merits, but ultimately I I belong in the city and I'll yeah, never be a morning person. Um which is funny because in the equestrian world you need both those things to be a hundred percent that's what i mean yeah no no amount of 5 a.m alarms is gonna convert me into a morning person i'm afraid to say um and high point actually um was doing or going to the three-star osbiton last year um three-star being uh, it was quite a sort of high, a big international competition at the end of the season um, and was just a big sort of competition slash performance goal for me that year. Um, but it wasn't just that, you know, it was the fact that my, you know, it, it was quite a long season and there were quite a lot of up and downs last year. Um so to finish there, finish the season at Osbiton with two horses, both getting really good results um, and mm-hmm. having my team there, you know, my home team, my, my coach and um, managers and, and um, grooms and so like having them all there and they were all a part of this. Um, and then also realizing, you know, the people who have backed me through all the sort of ups and downs, um, the owner of both those horses, Howard Green being, the main one um but just sort of finishing and then realizing like wow th- this was this was a pretty epic journey and i yeah. really enjoyed it um and also the two cross country rounds were some of the best feelings i've had um going around cross country uh, ever um so yeah i mean that above you know, going to the Asian Games and stuff, mm. <laughs> to be honest, um, has been my personal um, highlight. Nice. Do you know what I think for me, the biggest high point, or not the biggest, but a high point and also a challenge that we have both overcome together would be when you broke your leg. Our long distance relationship. Oh, never it, mind. Yeah, it is. Our long- <laughs> I, I, that's what I meant. I, it was a slip of the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about my broken leg actually that was a pretty big challenge wasn't it together i think like the yeah, challenge but, but also a high a high point in uh i guess our kind of relationship as coach and athlete would definitely be the breaking of the leg as mm. a very big challenge but also a high point as just getting back to full fitness not just quickly but actually overcoming that challenge in you know excelling i guess um yeah yeah definitely, definitely. but there's a uh, high point in every challenge absolutely absolutely yeah <laughs> you heard it here first yeah um but yes guys thank you so much for coming in and checking out the episode i know this was a little bit less kind of structured than it usually is but the when laissez i'm laissez-faire laissez-faire when i'm back um we will be resuming the usual podcasts. Uh, the yeah, topics. honestly, we've got quite a lot of different topics in mind and quite a we few do. interesting guests in mind too. So yeah. watch the space. But I had really uh, a lot of fun doing this. Yeah, um, it was good. And Yeah, thank you everyone for sending questions in. I'm sorry that we weren't able to answer all of them. Yeah, um, but we might do another one in the future. We'll see. Um, yeah. And also thank you to everyone who has tuned in so far to all 15 uh podcast episodes 
Um, we're up to about 500 plays so far, um, which is fantastic. So thank you so much for that. Obviously, the goal at the end of this year is a thousand plays um, and we're well on our way there. Almost half, well, pretty much halfway through the year now. Um, so thank you so much to everyone that's listened to it, who who has interacted, to the guests who've come on. Um, yeah, let's keep this thing going. Bless up. So, Yushwag, do you want to plug where people can find you? Yeah, so on Instagram, I am at yushwan.su.eventing. On Facebook, I am yushwan.su.eventing. And my website is suyushwaneventing.com. What about you, Connor? Mine is at Connor Lift Stuff on Instagram and at Stoic Strength Systems on Instagram. And we also just set up a Patreon under the same name, Stoic Strength Systems. So give those a follow. I will put the links all down in the description if I figure out how to do it. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you like, share and subscribe to the podcast on wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'll see you next time.